Australia. How are you going? There you go. You're right. I hope so. I am. I'm surviving. If not thriving, it is Monday, September 4th. Happy birthday to old mate. Just doing a show just in her honor today. Love that. <laughs> this is NBA Australia. And I am your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of a pretty good website. Go check it out. It's called codebet.com.au. You can see my ugly mug on Fox Sports Lab NBA, Fox Sports Lab NFL, Codebet Daily, and in the paper every single day of the year. Uh, I'm also here right now in Larry Armour Studios. That's right. It's actually a day off from actual work. And uh, I'm going to do an NBA Australia because why the fuck not, mate? Just hanging out. Giving you the lowdown on the end of the Aussies World Cup. That's right, it's over. Uh, we'll talk through, I don't know, the repercussions of that, how it all happened, how it all fell apart. Talk some gorge, talk some rotations, talk some ideas. That'll be fun, won't it? Uh, so that's it, World Cup. Boomers are done, but there's eight teams left. We'll talk through a bit of that. We'll talk through the Slovenia and Georgia games as well. Uh, we'll give each of the uh, boomers a bit of a pass or fail mark. Good times. Uh, we'll have that's on an eye old mate, no mate, spot of the night, better than Lonzo Ball, some yeah, nahs, the unpopular opinion of the day, and our back take house where we're serving up a flame grill take. And then we'll pick all the quarters, uh, all the games across tomorrow and Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday, which should be good. And that'll be it. All right, episode 963 then of NBA Australia. Let's bloody well go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. Better watch out for the pitchforks attack. If you're uh, jingling Joe Ingalls or Gorgian or, I don't know, anyone else involved in the shit show of the Aussies uh, World Cup... Or you better watch out for the Lithuanian attack if you're the USA. How good was that? Talk about shit that sort of gets buried as we lose our games and then uh, a couple of other teams go, hang on, check this out. Let's just lose an absolute fucking chaos ways, bro. And you're like, Jesus. All right. That's right. USA lost to Lithuania. Made them look small. Look, Made them look cooked. Hit a million fucking threes. <laughs> I think that helps. If you just go out there and like demolish all the other teams by smoking a million threes, it makes your life a little bit easier. Um, Ant-Man tried his absolute hardest to make sure that didn't happen. Instead, it still did. <laughs> they fucking lost, man. Slovenia got smoked by Germany as well, 171. And you're like, yeah, that's how we should have fucking done it. Clamp up everybody. Uh, it was a pretty interesting game, actually, that one yesterday. But uh, back to the USA-Lithuania, 110-104 Lithuania win it. A, awesome jerseys for the Lithuanians. B, they just went and shot 14 of 25 from downtown. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's good. Kuzminskis. Kuzminskis, man. Went absolutely fuck. Iggy Brasdikas as well. He had 11, went one of three. I loved it. My name is Jonas, only had the 12 and 7 too. Like, you'd usually think, oh, he must be fucking tearing it up. And nope. It was absolutely everybody. They had seven players and double figures. And Donatus Monoyunis had nine. So, great stuff. Tell you what, Steve Kerr's just like, oh, fuck. Coaching's a bit hard when you don't have Steph Curry. <laughs> He's like, what do you mean I've got to do shit? Don't we have the greatest fucking shit in the world out there? Oh, no. Oh, fuck. This is rough as guts. Instead, I've got, I don't know, Jalen Brunson and Tyrese Halliburton. He's like, oh, these guys are good. Ant-Man goes for 35. He hit five threes. Pretty bloody good. Spindles had 10. Mika Bridges and Jalen Brunson both had 14, and no one else did shit. Pretty funny, though. Sucked in, USA. Sucked in. And that Germany-Slovenia one that I mentioned, uh, the Germans, yeah, just their coach was like fucking putting Dennis Schroeder in German, and his place. Uh, 
telling me to fuck off. Throw him back in there. Yeah, 24 with 10. Dennis Schroeder is a fucking weapon. Uh, Luca had 23 in that one. Shot 9 of 22. Not so much foul trouble this time. Just the shot was off. He, 9 of 22. Not great. 2 of 11 from downtown, Luca. He's like, oh, bro, we're already through. Who fucking cares, eh? Mike Toby shredded the Aussies at four points in this one. Fuck me, dude. That's how you do it. Stifle Slovenia. They shot 25 of 61 as a team. Bloody hell. Anyway. Okay. Canada. Canada nearly got bounced after losing to Brazil the other day, but came back for a massive come-from-behind win over Spain, bro. Spain. Knocked the champs out. Awesome game. 85-88. Absolute chaos down the stretch. Uh, well, they were down like four with like a minute and a half to go, and they win by three. <laughs> That's absolutely fucking ridiculous. It was such a ridiculous game. I love it. Suck shit, Spain. That's what you get. That's what you get when you mess with the Warrior. Uh, Big Willie Hernan Gomez at 25 again. Santi Aldama at 20. Tell you what, no one else did fucking much. 11 for Alex Abrines, but not much elsewhere. I'll tell you. Canadia, meanwhile, got 30 out of SGA. What was it? I think he scored or assisted on like their last 18 points. Jesus. Dylan Brooks had 22. Came out and was like, yeah, man, it's just fucking nice to be with a team that has my back. It's like, you're a fuckhead. Like, anyone who spends more than three weeks with you is like, actually, I don't want this dickhead's back because he's a fuckknob. So, uh, good stuff. Who else was all right? RJ Barrett, 16 points. Does a bit of an MIA every so often as RJ. Classic if you're a Knicks fan. You're just like, yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's what happens. Uh, but incredible gear by Canadian to get through to the next round. So it does leave us with eight teams. We've got Lithuania versus Serbia. That is a fucking ball terror of a game. Italy versus USA because USA kissed on the dick uh, by <laughs> by finishing second in their group. Somehow they end up with Italy in the fucking... God damn it, it's so frustrating. In the quarterfinals, uh, Germany versus the Lativian gangbangers. And Canada versus Slovenia. That is awesome. Oh, boy. Uh, my pick for Canada run to make the run looks pretty good. But I'll tell you what, Germany look fucking solid as. Latvia are super dangerous. Serbia are just sort of cruising through too. It's a great setup apart from that Italy-USA game. It would be fucking hilarious if Italy beat the USA, but I can't quite see that one happening. All right. Should we pull off the Band-Aid? Should we get to it? Should we talk about the Boomers World Cup? This is horrible! There's no other way to put it! You're right there, Stephen, A. It was horrible. There is no other way to put it. Now, if you sat through with me for a couple of live streams, uh, Friday night's game, obviously, against Slovenia, that the Aussies lost 91-80. to uh, And then I did the other, the final live stream of the World Cup, 184. We beat Georgia. Oh, jeez, we got a win. Well, doesn't that feel good? Fucking hell. This was the worst result for the Boomers at a international tournament since 2014 when we lost to fucking Turkey in Spain. Uh, I think we finished 12th in that one. I think we finished 10th in this one. I think if it's based on plus minuses and all that sort of shit, I think we end up 10th. It's pretty fucky. But if you listen to Gorge, it's great. It's all about progress. I'm like, I don't know if finishing 10th after finishing 3rd last time out is progress, Gorge. Going from a bronze medal to 10th. Tell me again how that's fucking progress, dickhead. No. Look, plenty of calling for Gorge's head. I feel like, as I sort of talked out on the live streams, right? Slovenia and Georgia. It's a weird mix, and it's probably weirder than we gave it credit for to have a bunch of younger dudes out there uh, where Tokyo was kind of the culmination of a bunch of the older heads having been together through sort of fucking everything over the course of basically a decade, right? Bangers, Dally, Jingles, Patty, everybody in that bronze medal sort of team, there was at least, you know, we'd added a couple of the young guns, but then this time we add even more young guns, and it's just a little bit tougher to sort of ingratiate that into your system, especially on defense, and you could sort of see that a lot of the times, right? A lot of head swivels, what, who the fuck, what, what are we doing? 
just the lack of uh, trying to figure out. It's like, oh, we'll switch. Let's do lots of switching. And it's like, ha, this is fucked. But so where did it all go wrong, Jim? I can hear you ask. Well, first off, you've got that lack of offensive identity. I think Gorge came out and said, yeah, look, you know, you got to look at Giddy and go, what is that? What is it? I'm like, well, Gorge, that's your fucking job to figure out. What do you mean, what is that? It's like, you've got a six foot nine behemoth point guard who loves to run and get out in transition and kick it to shooters. And you're out there not playing any fucking shooters. What do you think? Oh, what is it? What is it? What is that? Yeah, look, it felt offensively we had far too plans, far too, far too often. Far too few plans, far too often. There we go. Too much ISO. Uh, and the weird part is it's like a lot of ISO, and we don't really have, apart from Patty, like half-decent ISO scorers. Like the way the Giddy was getting to the cup was pretty cool. Uh, it was pretty incredible, though, to see the Giddy led the Boomers in scoring across the tournament. Probably, what's that, the first time since uh, 18 that's happened because I don't think Patty was in the 16 Feebers, 14 Feebers. Yeah. Yeah, 14 Feebers. So it's probably been since four. It's almost a decade since anyone else has like led us in scoring. Um, but that lack of offensive identity, it's like, it felt like, oh, I better make sure I make the next pass. Hashtag boomers culture. Instead of realizing sometimes you're actually just the head of the snake. It's like, you don't always have to make the next pass. Sometimes the next pass was to you and you're open for a fucking reason. I feel like that was a lot of Jingles' problem in this one. Oh, he's like, oh, yeah, look, I really struggled adapting to playing the four. And it was a bit weird. I get that. And I think... The lack of offensive identity can sort of be put down to going, hang on a second, we had Jock Landale. Then we didn't. And then suddenly the knock-on effect from that is a lot of jingles at the four, a lot more Nick K than you would have thought, and just a bit of a kind of the knock-on effect. That's what the knock-on effect is of losing Jock. Everybody's playing just a little bit more than they thought they were going to be in different positions and in different timings they ought to be. And that's going to make your offensive game a little bit wonky. But at the same time, like you're fucking professionals. You're in the boomers. Come on. <laughs> what are we doing? And uh, again, just the structure of this team is like, can we get Golding some fucking minutes? Giddy, all he needs is like a dead-eye shooter just to kick it to in the corner every fucking game. Open it up just that little bit more and away we go. And you would have been laughing. Uh, so I think... The biggest thing is, yeah, the lack of offensive identity. We miss Jock immensely. Paddy is obviously past his prime. He's 35. Giddy's 20. And so to try to thread that needle between the two of them is pretty difficult, right? Like you've got young guns like Greeny, even Dante Exum. It feels like he's uh, been around forever, and he has. But it also feels like he's barely played because he hasn't, because he's always injured. So he has at least like one awesome run of health. Looking good. He was fucking great in Tokyo. He was really good during this tournament as well. But it also feels like we never quite harness just the chaos engine that Dante can provide sometimes. And one of my other big points, defensively, obviously, not being able to get a fucking stop when it matters is a problem. I mean, you can have all the defensive perimeter stoppers in the world and you go, well, we don't really need a rim protector because our perimeter defense is going to be so good. And then you go out and start Paddy, Josh Giddy, and Nick Kay as your starting four. And you go, why can't we stop anyone? It's like, I would argue it's pretty fucking obvious. And then we go, all right, we'll move Matty T to the bench. We'll bring on Josh Green. You're like, yes, that's smart. We are still starting my best mate, Nick Kay, who I love immensely. But maybe defensively, that's not the greatest idea we could have. Start Cookie, away we go. Should have started Cooks in place of Nick K, I reckon, down the stretch. Should have played more Jack White over Jingles. We needed more Goulding out there, too. I mean, if we're getting straight fucking killed... So he got straight killed! ...on defense anyway, why the fuck not play our best shooter? <laughs> it's so stupid. But I think... So, all those defensive stoppers are great, right? You can have the likes of... Greeny, Matty T... Even Dyson Daniels. Even Cookie to a degree, right? The Grim Reefer out there blocking some shots. Jack White. Doesn't matter if you don't have that much mongrel either, right? This was the least amount of mongrel 
in a boomers team I've seen for a while. I saw a lot of yapping. I saw a lot of shit talking, but I didn't see much toughness. This might just be a post King Delhi reality, but it doesn't sit great with me. Like Jingles can be out there going, fuck it, look at this dickhead over here. And it's like, all right, then hit a three, Joe. <laughs> like you can now talk shit to fucking Georgia. That's great. Good on you. But when you're fucking right in the nuts and guts of a Slovenian game and you can't hit a fucking shot for 26 minutes, shut the fuck up and be tougher and lead from the front. Hit some goddamn shots. We played too nice a lot of this tournament. The grit and grind vibe of the boomers of the past wasn't quite there. And I'd put that just down to like, you know, not having a big man like Jock Landau who can just lay some wood. And that's not exactly Duop Reef's game either. Like he laid a couple of big screens, but that's the sort of thing that you miss when you don't have a Bogut and a bang a Bogut and a Bangers, you know? Just that fucking hard nose lay some wood center. Jock's not really like that either, but he can at least do a little bit of it. I do love that we've now seen some people call for, where was Thon then? It's like, I don't know, have you seen Thon play a, con- you know, a competitive game of basketball in the last six years? <laughs> I don't think he's the answer. But this is it. Like You look at that Slovenia game. Defensively, we're, ca- we're changing coverages. We get 4,000 Luka, and we the fact that we can't fail him out the rest of the game is one of the biggest embarrassments I've ever seen watching a Boomers game. The switching defense, it's like, how did we beat Slovenia last time? We just went, Matty T, go sick fucking Luca. Just sick him. Sick him, Rex. And off he goes. That way, we're not sort of preoccupied, aka preoccupado, uh, with what Luca's doing. Even with, you know, four fouls on him the entire time, you've still got to keep an eye on him, and they'd still fucking double him whenever he touched the ball. Meanwhile, Mike Toby fucking smokes her ass. So does Gregor fucking Rovat. And so does the fucking five head Propelich. What are we doing? Propelich and his giant fucking five head. We held Luca to 19 points in 28 minutes. He had six turnovers and we lose. What a shit show. So, yeah, it was pretty fucking brutal. But we get through that one in Slovenia. It's all over. We come out, we smoke, smoke Georgia. I mean, just sort of kept them at arm's length the entire time. 184. Uh, to run us through a bit of like what happened, Gids had 25 in the Slovenia game. He was awesome. Eight rebounds, four assists, but he went 0-2 from downtown. And they were just like, nah, nah, Joshua, you can shoot it, sir. Uh, Paddy had seven on five of 13 shooting in Slovenia. He did go three or four from downtown. But that was one of those games where you're like, yeah, the lack of a first step now when you're 35 gets a little bit more noticeable than when you're 33 and just sort of being able to manufacture something out of nothing. Paddy was the absolute king of that. FIBA Paddy was the absolute king of that. Yeah, it was just at that point where it's like, yeah, you're transitioning to the sort of maybe the combo guard off the bench role for the Boomers as we sort of figure out the next iteration of this Boomers team. I kind of think that's where it's going to go and it probably should. I don't think Gorge has got the balls for it, but that's where it should. Greeny, he had eight points in the Slovenia game. Missed some tough looks at the rim. Missed two really big threes, I think, late as well, uh, which is a bit of a tough one, but otherwise. Dante was really good in the uh, Georgia game. He had 18 points and just fucking let it fly. It's like, this is this is the Exum, the Sexum up Exum that we're looking for. He had 18. Patty actually had 19 in the Georgia game as well, but he had six turnovers as well. He had some absolute fucking Barry Crocker shockers in there. Uh, my best mate, Nick Kay, he had three, seven, and three against Slovenia, a couple of bad moments, a couple of bad fouls, but really I think the lasting image we're going to get in Nick K is just stuck out on the perimeter as part of these weird switching defenses getting roasted by Dennis Schroeder. Uh, he did have a pretty good game against Georgia, though. He had the 7-9-3. Uh, hit a nice big three as well. Duop Reith, the Grim Reither, he was... This is the weird one about me. Uh, Gorge played him nine minutes against Slovenia. He had two fouls. He went one or two from downtown. He played nine fucking minutes. He came out, he had 16 against Georgia. With, I don't know, Georgia has actually got a bit of fucking size. Slovenia doesn't really. Dorp Reith hit three or three from downtown in that game. He was our best three-point shooter for the entire tournament. It's fucking chaos. And Gorge decided, nah, in the game we need to win. <laughs> Maybe not. 
Fuck me dead. He had Matty T. He had, what, 13 minutes? He had two threes in that game against Slovenia. Uh, only played nine minutes against Georgia. Almost 10 minutes. I mean, Matty T's offense was probably the toughest thing we had to carry in this World Cup. Because you understand that there's moments there where he should shoot, he can shoot, and then when he does shoot, you're like, fuck, that's never going to go in. Greeny is at that point as well, right, where you expect Greeny to have a little bit more than just the sort of charge at the rim, pull off some nice little back cuts, that sort of stuff. And he's kind of just edging towards the, oh, yeah, you can't fucking discount Josh Green. But he's not quite the absolute motherfucker we need him to be. And I'm going to talk about motherfuckers in a second. But uh, Jingles, he had 10 points in Georgia against Georgia. Great. Good job, Joe Ingles. Way to show up in a game that did not fucking matter. <laughs> he had zero points in 26 minutes and 12 seconds against Slovenia, however. Bang! Fucking hell. Uh, Cookie... Only had the two points against Slovenia as well after his big game against Japan. He had four fouls in that game against Slovenia, and he went one-on-one from the floor. It did feel like every time he was out there, though, we had a burst of energy, and we just need a little bit more of that. Uh, And, of course, that's, you know, the Dyson Daniels, Chris Goulding, poor Jack White triumvirate uh, barely saw the fucking floor. Uh, which was a goddamn shame. And I'll tell you what, we should have played Golding a lot more, Jack White over Jingles as well. And if we're going to bring Dyson Daniels to Japan, I don't know why the fuck we're going to do it and not play him. It's fucking weird. So what do we do from here? What do we need? Gorge is like, oh, we need a big, we need more shooters. It's like, well, Gorge, you've got the best shooter in the fucking NBL right there on your bench. What are you doing? He's like, oh, nah, but not Chris Golding. I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> That was fucking brutal. But what do we need? For a team that won bronze last time out because of the defense, I don't know, defense would be fucking good. Like being able to throw Matty T, Josh Green out there around Josh Giddy, and just sort of go, let's see what we can manufacture here, then throw Xavier Cooks in there. Yeah, the spacing is going to get a bit fucked, but maybe you're making up for it in defense and transition and just grinding out points and grinding out possessions. You know, if you throw the big wreather out there at the five and he can hit some threes, why the fuck not? Uh, but yeah, bit of a shame. I just would have liked to have seen a lot more adaptability. There we go. Uh, from Gorge. I would have liked to see a little bit more imagination from Gorge. Unfortunately, we saw exactly fuck all of that in the entire World Cup. Uh, the scoring big man, though, look, we missed Jock more than anyone really sort of wants to let on. Like... FIBA at times when you just go, we need ass points, bullshit points, garbage points, points where you're just like, we shouldn't have scored on that possession, but we did. We had a lot of those in the uh, Tokyo run, and a lot of it actually came down to Nick K. This time, Nick K didn't quite get those garbage buckets. Cookie did a great job of getting some of those garbage buckets, but then again, he was really limited against Slovenia. And... Uh, Against Georgia, Cookie only played 13 and a half minutes again and only had one point. Um, so it's one of those things where you got to figure out those garbage points. Jock Landau's a dude who will bring back a bunch of garbage points out of nowhere just by virtue of being fucking massive and pretty bloody good on offense. Half-decent rebounder for a bloke who can't jump. You know, that sort of stuff. If you have Duop Reef and you have Jock Landau in a rotation, you feel vaguely good about yourself. If you have one more sort of big dude, maybe in place of Dyson Daniels, where you've already got, like, in terms of ball handlers, you've already got Dante, you've got, uh, obviously, backing up Giddy, you've got Dante, you've also got Patty, you've got Jingles you can break in case of emergency as a ball handler, that sort of stuff. Dyson Daniels, if you're not going to play him, like, at least bring another big. What are we doing here? You know? It's nice to have him in the system, but fucking hell, when the system doesn't mean shit and you lose, <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, so Jock is kind of the thing. Give us more rooster. And that probably would have helped a lot, right? Because as I've said, we needed more Reef. We made it in this series. We needed more Reef. We needed more Cooks than K. We needed more White than Jingles. And Gorge was like, 
nah, man, I've got this. It's fine. Just think about Jack White's fucking athleticism, Cookie's athleticism versus old man Joe who talked more shit than, you know, hit actual fucking buckets in this World Cup. I love Joe Ingles, but he's also coming off an ACL and he's 35. Let's all fucking pump the brakes a little bit, right? We're seriously playing him, like, 26 minutes and he goes over. Jesus. Anywho, um, pass, fail grades for the Boomers. Paddy Mills, that's a pass. Average 18.6 points. Shot 47% from the floor. Had a rough one against Slovenia. Was all had a bit of a rough one against Japan as well. That one didn't matter so much, but... Look, I'll give Patty a B plus to a B. He's just struggling with the turnovers in this series. He struggled getting separation. Uh, Giddy is an A plus. He was fucking incredible. Absolutely incredible. Average six assists, average five rebounds, 19.4 points. The mop top mumba was absolutely immense. Nick K, I'll give him a B minus. Battle Manfleet, I don't think it's like his fault that he was forced to play 23 and a half minutes a game. <laughs> I don't think that was the plan going in. Uh, Joe Ingles, will give him a D. He fucking shot 33% for the entire series. That is just 30% from three. Ugh, just horrible. All round a horrible series. Josh Granny Green, I'll give him a B as well. He was really good, but missed some pretty crucial moments. Uh Gave us a nice bit of burst of energy as a starter in place of Matty T, but uh, there you go. Dante Exum, I'll give him a B plus. Kangaroo Kobe. Uh, 11 points a game. Not bloody bad from there, uh, Dante Exum. He's actually our third leading scorer in the end, too, after Cookie couldn't find the bucket after uh, demolishing Japan. Uh, but Dante, good good stuff from him. B plus. Xavier Cooks, I'll give him a B plus as well. First big international tournament. I would love to see Xavier Cooks learn how to shoot. Like energy and rebounding will get you plenty of places. He's like a throwback four, and he should have been used as a throwback, just big, athletic, Stromal Swift-esque <laughs> four in this one. But defensively, he was awesome. So yeah, B-plus. Do up Wraith. Look, when he played, he was pretty good, so I'll give him a B. It's not his fault the Gorge doesn't know his ass from his elbow and barely played him in that Slovenia game. Matty T, I'll give him a C. He had a rough offensive outing in this one. He shot 40% from the floor for the series. Uh, hit a couple of threes, but yeah, too little too late at times, right? Jack White, Dyson Daniels, Chris Goulding, uh, they probably get a... What do you get for like not completing the task? <laughs> because the teacher didn't fucking set him the homework or something, and they're just like, oh, sir, I didn't know what I was meant to do. But there you go. All right. I still think I'm going to get to this in the NRs. We've still got a chance when we get to Paris. But let's do a uh, little bit of a few NBA Australia awards, shall we? That oh, looks like a, oh, he's pressed the wrong button. I've got the wrong fucking thing out of here. Here we go. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Josh fucking Giddy is 20, and he averaged 19.4 points, six assists, five rebounds. And absolutely crushed it for the Aussies. The 25 against Slovenia was pretty good. 11 of 18. 0 of 2 from downtown. If he can just bump up that three-point shooting a little bit so uh, when he shoots it, he doesn't look like Dally, that'd be good. But he had the eight rebounds and four assists against Slovenia. He had the six turnovers as well, yeah. But still, to be averaging more than Paddy is pretty gnarly in his first big tournament. Like, that's incredible. First time it's happened in a decade. Uh, what, he had the 26-5 and 11 against Japan. Uh, came out, was pretty good against Georgia as well. So that's a knife. Good job, Josh Giddy. The thing is, we now have to build this team around him. I was really talking this up in the Georgia game where it felt like Gorge was like, nah, man, we'll just make Giddy sort of fit into what we're doing and we'll play with pace. It's like, you're not thinking this through all the way. It just needs to be Giddy's show. Like, Paddy's great. But Paddy just becomes your breaking case of emergency scorer. Throw the ball to Paddy when you just need him to go out there and get a bucket. Everything else, you got to gear it towards what Josh Giddy can and can't do for you on the court. He can do a lot. He can do a real fucking lot too. So let him do it. 
He's been out there doing it for a couple of years in the NBA. Just get him some shooters. Get him some athletes. Get Greeny out there with him and running. Fuck. If Dyson Daniels can hit a shot, get him out there as well. Get Golding. Boom. Get Cookie. Let him find them. He would have been crushing it. Instead, we've got Joe Ingles and Patty Mills out there slowing shit down. You're like, ah, oh, here we fucking go. Ugh. Not great. Even Giddy and Exum a little bit more together would have been kind of fun. But, you know, with Exum basically playing as your backup point guard makes it a bit tough. But still. <sighs> Pour one out for my best mate, Nick K. I'll tell you. All right. Who was Spud of the night? This one's pretty easy. Spud, 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 I hate it. I hate it so much. He's given so much joy. There is so much joy in what Jingles does here. And I love him. I love him. I love him. But against Slovenia, that was one of the spuddiest spuds who ever spudded to spud on a spudding court. Fuck me dead. Zero points in 26 minutes from Jingles was an embarrassment. I love him. I love you, Jingles. But that was Los Horribles. And definitely... Like 26 minutes, 12 seconds, 0-3 from the floor, all of which were threes. Zero rebounds in a game where it's like, geez, we could use some rebounds. Two assists and a foul. It's just egregious. He's been an absolute warrior for the Boomers. And as he said after the game, you have to fucking kill me to get off this team. It's like, um, okay, I'm a bit worried now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Tough scenes. And it's just one of those things where if you had a watched him last year, it's exactly sort of what we saw on the Bucks. He come back from the ACL, which sucks, obviously. Uh, but you combine the ACL injury, the coming back from the ACL with age, and we shouldn't be that surprised. But that Slovenia game broke your heart. Because then you watch the Georgia game, and you're like, this is the exact jingles we needed against Slovenia, just hitting a couple of threes. He went three or seven in that game against uh, Georgia. He also had six assists and five rebounds in 21 minutes. Inconsistency is exactly what happens when you hit that point of your career, though, right? You get to 35, suddenly the shot's not going down, the other stuff's just not happening, you're trying to will yourself over the fucking line. It just doesn't happen. Tough scenes. Who was all mate? No mates. Old mate, 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 no mates. Who's got no mates today? Well, Gorge. Uh, it was also not helped, I think, by a lot of the double talk and jive uh, after the game in the presser and uh, Olgan's ball-tickling uh, piece about what happens now for the Boomers, where... It was, oh, yeah, look at Gorge. He's, he's got a plan. He's 100% going to coach in Paris. It's like, all right, cool. I agree that he should. I'll get to that in a second when we get to Yenars. But, wow, did Gorge fall out of favor with most of the basketball-loving public in Australia after this tournament, huh? It was uh, pretty rough. Now, Gorge has also come out and said, yeah, he's not going to take a head coaching gig after uh, they folded his last team over there in Hong Kong. And uh, that's probably good. He's like, oh, I'm going to watch a bunch of NBL and NBA and try to figure this out. It's like, I feel like you probably should have been doing that anyway, to be honest. (laughs) But, yeah, the turning turning on of Gorge uh, was a bit rough, and he deserves it. So that's what you get, though. You can talk about, oh, it's really hard to thread a needle. I cannot have all that experience like we had last time. It's like, but that's your job to help manufacture that. It's like you can play jingles as much as you want, but when it's not working, like you've got to not be stubborn and just go, I'm going to have to sit you, Joe. Sit the fuck down. We're playing Jack. And it just never happened. And it was interesting to see the German coach just go, yeah, check this out. I'm going to do this to Dennis Schroeder and Danny Tice. Go hammer and tongs. Even the Slovenia coach. Luca basically coaches that team, but the Slovenia coach is like, yeah, cool. Luca, you want to play with four, three fouls, four fouls? Who fucking cares? Go at it, mate. Gorge just needs to have, I don't know, the break in case of emergency sort of uh, system. 
and whether or not it's having jingles as an assistant coach in Japan rather than uh, in uh, Paris as opposed to a player, that might be good. Speaking of which, pantsing of the night. Uh, I'd like to say Jingles getting the fuck out of the way from Sandro Mamushkovali. Mamushkovali's uh, sick dunk. Old pubie beard. Mamushkovali uh, absolutely yammed one. Jingles like, nope. <laughs> I'm getting the fuck out of here. Just head down. Just kept on running. <sighs> Pretty rough. There was also a couple of times where you could talk, talk about the pantsingers of the, of the nights where... Uh, we failed to get rebounds where we had four boomers around the ball and a Slovenian would come flying in and go, that's mine, yoink. You're like, Jesus, we're just getting pants on the boards here. But again, it feels like a lot of this from Slovenia was just a really good revenge pantsing uh, for the bronze medal game. The stakes obviously weren't quite as high, but to knock us out of the tournament must have felt pretty fucking good for Slovenia, so... Anyway, as always, blow it out your ass, Slovenia. Who is better than Lonzo Ball? Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. You're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. That's right. Chris Bubbles Goulding went one of three against Georgia. He had two points in three minutes and 52 seconds. That makes him better than Lonzo Ball. I like that. And so was Jack White. He had ten, two points in his 10 minutes and 51 uh, seconds of 10 minutes, 51 seconds of uh, court time as well against Georgia. Great job, gentlemen. Better than Lonzo Ball. Are we going to change that to better than Matty T, Aussie Matty T? Because who was better than Matty T in this one? Well, Nick K, he had seven points. Matty T had the four. Josh Green was better than Matty T. Uh, who on Georgia was better than Matty T? Jordy Shermandini, the bloke who looked like Avant Boussac, your blood. <laughs> a vampiric maths teacher he looked like. It was awesome. I want to teach you maths and perhaps science. <laughs> Mamish Cavalli had 12, looking good. It was great to see that little fucking uh, Luca Licker Licker Licazde. He was look out there looking like he was about to go chase some fucking cars, that bloke. Jesus Christ. Had the uh, double tech and got kicked out. Goga Bataz Day as well. He had 20. He was awesome for Georgia. He and Jingles got into it. It's like, that is going to be a hilarious training camp. When Orlando go, we're paying Jingles how much? Oh, geez. So all he's doing is talking shit to his teammates. All right. Either way, better than Lonzo Balls and Matty T's. We're going to give that to Jack White. And I'll tell you what, Golding. Good to see him actually rise up and hit that mid-range jumper in that last minute. <laughs> he finally got on the board in the entire fucking World Cup. Jesus. All right, finally, dickhead of the weekend. Dickhead of the week. It was pretty remarkable watching Luka Doncic flop everywhere and have a fucking bitch and moan session uh, for Slovenia again. You're like, oh, he's only gotten worse in two years. The NBA has done him zero favors. And it was like that sort of set off a thing in my head where I'm like, we have, do we have too many NBA players? <laughs> do we play too NBA-ish where we're not playing hard enough? We're not playing physical enough? Because like you think about the likes of Matty T, Josh Green, Giddy, Jingles, even Cookie, Dante now that he's back in the NBA, Jack White, but... We don't have like just that absolute fucking physical specimen who's just going to go, oh, I'm going to fucking ruin your shit. You don't have that absolute junkyard, junkyard dog like Delhi. Have we been too NBA-ified? You saw it with Luca having a fucking bitch and moan every time something happened to him. He should have been tossed anyway for all the fucking complaining of the refs, but Jesus. God, I hope we kick the fuck out of them in Paris next year. Either way, let's do some ENRs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. Oh, right. 
right, let's do some ENRs. Remember, go to the NBA Australia shop, get your merch, get your bloody merch. People, get your merch, get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Yeah, do it. Listen to the man. Uh, get your merch, nbaaustralia.com slash shop. We'll just click through on the socials. All the pretty pictures are there. Uh, some pretty good ones. Andrew Hutchinson sent in, how did Lucas survive half a game on four fouls? Why did no one attack him? They actually did a really good job of hiding him on defense, but like we spent a lot of time trying to like drag him into pick and rolls and try to just put pressure on him, and it didn't work because no one attacked him just man on man. They didn't hunt him even hard. They should have hunted him harder than they did. They're almost being too smart about it. Uh, he went on to say, Andrew, other than that, no bigs to counter Toby, who was open off every pick and roll. Poor offensive structure, which resulted in a lot of passes to Patty with five seconds left and hope, yep, and a big gap between young and old players. Yeah, he nailed all those ones. It's pretty good. It's sort of like the offensive structure comes down with that young and old players as well, of like a little bit of the, uh, all right, get out of the road, young bucks. I've got this one. And you're like, ah, you're 35. Just, let's all chill. Yeah, GT, he uh, tweeted out, the core of Giddy, Green, Exa, Matisse, and Daniels are a couple of NBA seasons away from the needed maturity. We need a good big man and a streaky shooter. Need a coach with NBA experience as well. Brian's been great and brought them a long way. We need someone to take the next step. Yeah, nah. Nah. I'm going to get to that in a second as well. Matt Balson in a good one. Fuck, that was a shit show with the boomers. Big decision needed to be made. Yeah, nah, Gorge has to go. Nick K has been amazing in the past, and so has Jingles, but there was way too much of those guys with empty minutes. Yeah, nah, look, nah, because is there a better option than Gorge out there right now with less, what, 12 months to go to Paris? Yeah, nah, nah. I just don't know if there's a better option that knows the personnel well enough and can step in and go, right, this is how we're doing it. Because <coughs> unless you're like poaching like an NBA coach or somebody who has uh, like a really fucking rock-solid scheme that you reckon fits, then I just kind of feel like Gorge probably knows this team and knows its flaws better than anybody. But the question to me is like, who's telling Gorge this? Does there need to be someone stepping in and making sure something like this doesn't happen again? Yeah, nah, yeah. Like, where's the BA Brains Trust? <laughs> Be that as it may, you know? Is there a BA Brains Trust that could step in and go, Gorge, we need to quickly, like, fly over all of this, review what we fucked up and how we rectify it. You know that he's going to be working on it, you know? You know, that coaching staff will work their ass off to try to figure this out, but at the same time, they've been working on this since what? Well, basically Tokyo. They look at this squad. They know what fits. They know what works. And then they actually get there in the games and they're like, no, I'm going to stick with this rotation the entire time. It's like, mm, should you? Huh. I don't know. A couple of other ones. Is Trevor Gleason the answer? Yeah, nah. Nah. Look, the bloke can't even fucking pronounce Mantisa's name and he's cutting him for Bryce Cotton. And, uh, a bunch of other blokes and bring in Jocelyn. Like, the Trevor Gleason uh, combo of, these are the guys I'm going to take. I'm going to take Jock Landale and Ben Simmons and Bryce Cotton, but I'm going to keep Nick K. <laughs> I'm going to cut Duop Reef. It's like, what? what is he doing? What are you on about? You're fucking cooked, mate. He's cutting Jack White. He's cutting Duop. And I'm just, I'm confused. I'm a bit angry. And he was cutting Giddy. Uh, he was cutting, not Giddy. Fuck him. No, he was cutting Jingles. So, oh no, he's keeping Jingles. Who the fuck else did he cut? Matty T. Oh, jeez. Yeah, right. Duop. And Jack, there you go. There's your three. Fucking hell. Took me a while, but I got there. Ah, uh, No. I think Gleason might be the dude after Paris, but I'm going to let Gorge go in, go hammer and tongs. But the fact that that's Trev's fucking roster, where he's like, yeah, nah, we don't need a backup big. We'll just uh, take, we'll get Bryce Cotton in. 
That's the other one, right? Yeah, nah, is Bryce Cotton the answer? Yeah, nah. We need more scoring, yeah. Is it from that spot? Maybe. If Gorge is not going to play fucking Golding for his defense, we're going to put Bryce Cotton in? Small guards in FIBA basketball don't have too many problems, usually, just because the sheer size of everybody is not that much of a hassle most of the time. But I do struggle to imagine that basically a slightly younger version of Patty in Bryce Cotton is the be-all, end-all. I don't think that bumps us up, up enough. I don't think it hurts. If you take him in place of Dyson, but I mean... It is the idea of the naturalized Aussies. Uh, and whether or not Matisse, who was here as a kid, Bryce naturalized Aussie, maybe. I just tend to think like Jock coming in helps us a lot. And if we can get one more sort of score up, if you're not going to take Golding to Paris, which you probably should and actually fucking play him, but like somebody has to be in BA going, hey, uh, Gorge, so did you take. Golding just for the sightseeing? Does he just really like Japan? Does he know where all the best bars are? Is that why you took him? Like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> Jeez, we need more shooting. Then why is Golding nailed to the bench, you fucking lunatic? The last one is Ben Simmons and answer. Yeah, nah. Defensively, it might help. And if you're going to rotate Simo and Giddy, maybe. But as I've said time and time again, if he's going to act a fuckwit, don't let him anywhere near this team. He's going to come in, eyes open, ears open, get his head fucking right, get his body right. And I would open him with fucking... I'd welcome him with open arms. Box Hill Benny. He is an answer to a question. Gorge would love to have him it would raise some pretty big questions. Because <laughs> after this, I can see Patty in Paris coming off the bench if you're going to start Simo and Giddy. Right? Because I don't imagine Ben Simmons is coming into the Boomers team and going, oh, yeah, I'm a good team player. I'll come off the bench. He should. He should come in and run the second unit after Gids, but... And kind of that's almost the self-fulfilling prophecy, right? If that's not going to be his role, then fuck him off. Like, in a vacuum, his skill set on defense and his skill set on offense would be very handy. But the lack of fucking shooting, because he's a giant coward, uh, would probably hamstring us more than he helps. Like, put him in the Xavier Cook spot, maybe, and away you go. Maybe start him at the four. Let's go. In place of my best mate, Nick Kay, bring Kay off the bench. Boom. There you go. There's your answer. Ben Simmons at the four. Right, unpopular opinion of the day. I've already played the drop. Now look at me, please. I'm using the old iPad. It's all in different spots. Anyway, uh, not an unpopular opinion of the day, but it, that should be it for Jingles, shouldn't it? As a boomer, look, I love him. We all love him. He'll probably still end up in Paris, though, because he's like Gorge. He and Patty are basically Gorge's comfy. Like, both the squids, squid number one, he had a comfy, he had a little koala comfy um, when he was a baby that he grabbed. And uh, squid number two, he's got a little one as well, which is a little elephant. You know, for Gorge, that's Patty and Joe. They've already cut, you know, deli, no more bangers. <sighs> the weird thing to me is, fuck, why don't we have any more Ryan Rowdy Brockoff size shooters? <laughs> Because Rowdy, just the sheer size of the bloke. And it's weird that we don't have too many of those archetypes coming through the ranks right now. We've got a lot of guards, but we don't quite have that swingman shooter. Breaks your heart. Anyway, look, he and Patty should be the old guys that you take to Paris, yeah. The problem is if you take him, Gorge will probably fucking play him. So, And yeah. I think the unpopular opinion, again, as well, as for Gorge, I've said it, right? Unpopular opinion, but I think you've got to write it. Look at the adjustments he makes in the next 12 months. I hope that he's learned, and if not, you fuck him off. And that's it. You know, Paddy and Jingles got us bronze. We should be able to medal in Paris. We should have medaled at this one. 
Gorge might have fucked this, but we'll see what happens. All right. I think basically <clears throat> what we can take away from all of this is that uh, the potential is there. Do we believe that Gorge can unlock that potential? I feel like he's done it once before. I think now with a little bit more experience in this squad, knowing each other that little bit more, I think it'll be okay. It's feel, it feels pretty optimistic from my, my point of view, but that's where we sit. All right, quick Outback Takehouse. It's Monday at Outback, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah, the squid and his cousin were just out there in the backyard. Magpie flew over overhead, and then fucking bang! One of the fucking little buggers just nailed it with a cricket bat. So guess what? We chucked it on the barbie. Boom. It's uh, magpie wings only at Outback. And today's Flame Girl take is the only way to fix Australia is to, that's right, bring in Kyrie Irving. That's right, NBA Kanye. Because the only way that NBA Kanye can further shove it up the rest of the basketballing world's ass is by going out, joining the Boomers, and beating Team USA. Because this is a motherfucker who is just like, I hate everybody. Let's burn it all down. And here's some sage. This is, after all, the motherfucker who's like, everyone asks him, hey, Kyrie, what are you rebelling against? And he's like, I'm a fucking idiot. What have you got? Only an outback. That's right, the stage is now set for Kyrie and Ben Simmons to come in for the Boomers and lead us to Olympic glory next... No, I can't do it. All right, let's do some quick picks for Tuesday and Wednesday because uh, I think we might do another NBA Australia on Thursday this week just to wrap up these quarterfinal games. We might ride out the World Cup, do one or two more shows, and then take another little bit of a break before the start of the uh, NBA preseason when we're going to kick it all back into gear because I'll be flat chat with NFL Australia as of uh, this week as well, obviously with NFL being back. So uh, Lithuania versus Serbia. Serbia have been really fucking good. They absolutely smashed the Dominican Republic the other day, won 12.79. And Serbia are just a fucking terrifying team at times. They really are. I mean... They lost to Italy 76-78 in like the weird one that got Italy through the group stage, but Serbia is still through. Lithuania, as we just saw, they beat Team USA. This might be the sort of thing, that's the sort of win where you just go, oh, fuck, we're on here, boys. They kicked the fuck out of Greece the other day. And they do just have, and this is the thing I've sort of banged on about, Lithuania have got plenty of size. I just think the toughness and just the absolute fuck you-ness of Serbia gets them past Lithuania. That game is going to be unreal on Tuesday, though. And then Italy versus USA. Team USA should have very few problems beating the piss out of Italy. Italy, you got Nicolò Melli, and, uh, you know, not a giant amount on this team. You've got Simon Fonteccio, Giamapolo Ricci, and basically a bunch of other dudes that sound like pasta dishes. But uh, <laughs> Luigi Dottomi... Uh, I'll take that with the clams, thanks. But USA, minus 15 and a half. I think after their horror, 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 horror loss and the panic that is coming out of the USA right now and going, God, well, the World Cups don't even matter. It's like, well, you don't want to lose them. I think there's an almighty quarterfinal smackdown coming for Italy. They've been a really good team, have Italy. You know, with Nicola Melli and stuff, he hasn't been doing a giant amount, but like they're rebounding the piss out of the ball. They've got Severini as well. They're really well balanced. But I think the USA just go, right, oh, God. I can't believe we lost to Lithuania. We better smash Italy. So give me the 15 and a half for the USA. I was tempted to take Italy, but um, Team USA, look, coming off a loss, it's the sort of thing where you go, right, that's the kick in the pants that'll wake them up. And they should smash from here, right? Like, they sort of fucked around with Montenegro. Montenegro stuck right with them as well. But they've just got so much talent that they should have enough for Italy. And I think they win that probably by around that 16-point mark. So give me the USA. 
Ant-Man at 35 last time out. I think you sort of see against Italy, you get a lot more out of Tyrus Halliburton, Mikael Bridges, Jalen Brunson and co. I think they should sort of cruise. Wednesday, though, Canada versus Slovenia. SGA versus Luca. How good is this game? Uh, with Slovenia sort of showing their true colors against Germany and getting their asses kicked, I tend to think that this is where we get a little bit of the Canada showing their class. I think Canada can cover that eight and a half point spread on Wednesday. SGA, RJ Barrett, you can throw Dylan Brooks at Luca and try to get into a fight. I think Canada run away with it. And then you've got Germany, Latvia. Latvia plus eight and a half. Like, just don't sleep on Latvia. They've been awesome all tournament. All they do is win, 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 no matter what. Now they're going to play Germany. I think they can keep that at least close. Uh, Germany did a number on Slovenia, obviously. Uh, But Latvia, there's just like a little bit of a vibe about this team. They've been sneakily excellent throughout this tournament. I've very much enjoyed it. Uh... Because what they took care of Brazil, right? I feel like. Yeah. So, off we go. It's going to be fun. Should be cool. I'll take Latvia plus eight and a half against the Germans, y'all. Those jerks. All right. And there you go. That's it. Done. Until probably Thursday, we'll pop in, wrap up those quarterfinals, talk up the semis and go from there. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Strayer on Twitter, Facey IG. What else? Twitch? I don't know. Uh, you can also get over NFL Strayer. Uh, NFL Strayer will have another big NFL season preview and a week one run through tomorrow. Should be up tomorrow. We're taping it tomorrow. <laughs> Fingers crossed. A big NFL season ahead. Uh, get around NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. And chuck us both NBA and NFL Australia and Code Bet Daily that I'm on every day, apart from today because I'm on holidays. Uh, check us a rating review. Holidays. I took a day off. Uh, check us a rating review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever app you use on your Android phone. It does help out. So come on. Help your mate Jimmy out by rating the show. Give us a comment as well. Jimmy does a good job talking about the boomers. He should be the coach. That's a good one. Do that one. Uh, <laughs> big thanks, go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Go check out the new band, House Hats. Uh, big thanks to Joshua Dillarandis, Fascinated Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa Sexual, Green, 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 and Dozer for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple Dane Earth, Facey, Apple Music, all that good stuff. Spotify, however you listen to your tunes, listen to Australian bands. NBA Australia Sports Australian Bands, that's what we do. All right, we'll close out today's show with a very quick deli review. He's going to talk about the new Fast and Furious because why the fuck not? He might also talk about the Boomers team. All right, we will catch you on Thursday, dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying look after yourselves, would you? Come on, Gorge. Get your head out your ass. Let us know if you want him fired or not. I want to hear from the people because that's the overarching vibe I've gotten from all (laughs) y'all. And I feel like I'm like... I think, I don't know if we've got any better options right now. We'll see how we go. All right, look after yourselves, would you? We'll catch you next time. Later, diggeds. Later, hosen. Oi, 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 how the fuck are you? It's your old mate Deli over here just swinging by from my latest pop cast review and shit. I've got to tell you. I've had a rough fucking weekend after we got knocked out by that fucking prick Luka Doncic's. I hate him so fucking much. I fucking hated that team when we beat him for the bronze and it was fucking sick to beat their asses. And then without me, out there, running around with the boys, I feel like we got a bit overpowered. No one was out there squirrel gripping motherfuckers. No one was punching motherfuckers in the dick. I would have been all over that shit. Fucking going the old Hoppawati and shit. Just like, come on, man. Where the fuck is that? Where's your mongrel? What's going on, Australia? Fucking Jesus. So, yeah, I was a bit upset after Friday. Punched a couple of holes in the walls. Just wishing I was out there with the boys. Busted up my hand a bit. Good. Don't tell Melbourne United. Uh, but, yeah. So, instead, on Saturday, I'm just like, nah, I'm going to take the night off. I'm going to watch Fast and Furious 10, Fast X. And I'm going to smash a million beers. And that's what I did. It was fucking great. That movie was sick. No spoilers or nothing, but it might be the greatest movie ever made. Every time you turn around in Fast 10, it's like, guess what? Here's another fucking person you know. What's up? And you're like, yeah. Oh, I fucking love it. This is great. 
just like blast from the past time and time again. And you're like, yes, I fucking love this. This is awesome. This is the best movie franchise I've ever fucking seen. So it gets about infinity out of 10 because it hasn't finished yet because it's like part of a big trio of like final movies or whatever. So infinity out of 10 for Fast 10. Simple as that. Infinity Deli 1s. Just imagine that. It just goes on forever. So much green and gold. I fucking hate Slovenia. All right. Later, fuckers. I'll catch you next time. Deli out.